0: Episode 2319 of the number one podcast on Apple podcast for job search. This is No BS Job Search Advice Radio. I'm Jeff from The Big Game Hunter. And welcome. 2319. We keep going. The number one show in Apple podcast for job search. No show has as many episodes as we do, by far. And today's is an interview I did with Alex Freund, the bad interviewer great uh, guest and he covers a lot of material i originally interviewed him quite a few years ago on my old show that i discontinued after 800 some odd episodes and that was called job search radio so if you want to find him um, go but go into google uh, or go to my website the search for him by name F-R-E-U-N-D. And you'll be able to find the original interview, which was about salary negotiation. And he did a very nice job. And today's again is about interviewing. Hope you enjoy it. Hope you give this show a great review wherever you listen to it. Share it. Leave a comment. Please, please. you You know how algorithms work. This is the kind of stuff that makes them happy. And now, let's get going. So my guest today is Alex Freund. Alex is a career coach who specializes in interview preparation and practice. He teaches clients how to confront and survive the most challenging interview scenarios with grace and with confidence. And most of his clients are job hunters, job seekers, however you wanna to refer to it, but he also helps those who are considering a career or position change. Alex, welcome, how the heck are you? Doing terrific. Thank you very much
1: for inviting me. Now, I have experience with you. You know why? Because you already interviewed me once for your radio show. So now this should be much, much easier.
0: I'll simply say, yes, it was quite a few years ago. I didn't have here then either. Uh, and uh, I'll simply say you did a great job talking about negotiating. Now we're focusing on your real specialty, which is around the interview projects. So how did you become an interview coach? Like, What, what made you decide to specialize in that area? Uh, Jeff, that's a good question. Uh, Fifteen years
1: ago or so, I found myself in transition. And I like helping people uh, because I know when I help people, they help me. And I, based on what my p- friends and people that know me uh their suggestion was, Alec, you need to become a career coach. And I was kind of taken back. Wait a second. I used to get big paychecks. What are you talking about? And so finally I said, okay, if that's my destiny, I'm happy to become a career coach. But early on, I realized that there are lots of career coaches, but there aren't too many people that are preparing or helping people in their interview preparation. Under the umbrella career coach, there are several verticals. There are people that do resumes, LinkedIn profile. There are people that help you define what what the rest of your life should be. And then there is here in the corner, interview preparation coaches. So out of these three, and I'm sure there might be more, I decided to specialize in this. And Jeff, I have to tell you, the more I narrowed my scope, the more clients I got. Not only that, I became better at it. You know, if you do something repetitively, repetitively, you know what to leave out, you know what sells, you know what draws a smile on people's face. So, you know, you really perfect, it, what you want to do. So I became an interview coach. Thank God. People need interviews. I help them. There is no shortage of clients. I can tell you that.
0: Agreed. And I know, I know you know that I do a lot of work around interview coaching as well. Uh, so I'll simply say, because I don't think I said this thing before, if we dis- disagree about something, it's okay. It's good that the audience hears a difference of opinion. Right. So What's the best way to prepare for an
1: interview? Well, there are several ways to prepare, and I'll tell you what is the best way to prepare. The best way to prepare is to work someone qualified that can give you instant feedback. I always say to my clients, please don't take a chair to the bathroom and start talking to yourself. This will not improve your interview skills. What you need, you need to face someone that can give you honest, straight talk feedback. And let me give you an example. A year ago, I received a phone call from somebody. Hi, Alex, hi, my name is so-and-so. I live in Chicago, I have a PhD, Uh, I am in pharma. Alex, I had six interviews, no job offer. Alex, what do you think is the problem? So of course I don't know the individual. And I said, look, I don't know you, but here is what I can tell you. You went to your first interview, evidently you didn't do very well because they didn't make you an offer. Lucky for you, you went to the second interview. It's very likely you just perpetuated what didn't work for the first time. Well, it didn't work for the second, third time. You went through six times it's possible that you did something wrong, one, two, three, four, five, six times. The best way to prepare is with you are practicing, and somebody tells you when you're good, and somebody shows you what are better ways to do it. And you go to the next question, the next question, the next question, I'm sure you'll become
0: better with some practice. And as you know, the skills needed to find a job are different than those needed to do a job and most Absolutely. people go on their interviews and they think that if they recite a bunch of facts about their background and experience that that's enough to get hired and we both know it isn't because they're competing with other people who are as competent as they because the employer does know how to read a resume very few instances where they make a mistake and invite someone to an interview who isn't qualified. So why do they choose one person versus another?
1: Well, the answer is very simple. And again, look, I've been doing this interview preparation for 15 years, but prior to that, for over three decades, I was a hiring manager. Typically, uh, my career spans... uh, major, major, major employers. I always supervised many departments and big departments. So the outcome of that was that I interviewed very, very often. And now the question is, why do you select John and not Peter and not Mary and not Paul, okay? There is a saying in this business, we select for skills, but we hire for personality. When I say personality, we are talking about soft skills. The skills are good enough, your resume tells me that bullet number one, two, three, and five is exactly what I need. So I say, Jeff, come to my office Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock, I want to talk with you. That is called an interview. Good for you, you have an interview, you have a chance. Bad for you is, Yesterday I had Mary, tomorrow I have George, after that I have another person. So the question, why do I decide on you? Clearly the first thing in an interview, I test your skills. And if there is a bullet on your resume that I like and it's important for me, Jeff, you and I will talk about that bullet, two and three and four sentences, because I want to make sure I don't hire somebody that doesn't have the basic skills that I need. But beyond that, I am testing you on your soft skills. For example, are you adaptable? Look, you come from the outside, you join my organization. You need to adapt. If you are very rigid, because for 28 years when you were with ABC Company, you know, we are different. Would you be a cultural fit for us? I need to test that. Uh, Do you have leadership skills? I need to hear about that. Uh, Are you creative? Do you know how to prioritize? You know, it's a fast-paced organization. You can't have everything priority number one. Are you able to manage your time? What will your team members tell me about you? Do they like you? They don't like you. So these are the things that I need to anticipate and have answers to. And I'll tell you why. My boss may come to me and say, Alex, congratulations. I understand you have a new team members. Actually, I know his name. His name is Jeff. Alex, can you please tell me why you decided to hire Jeff and not the other four people you interviewed? I cannot tell my boss, Jeff is such a nice guy really. That's not a good reason to tell my boss why I decided to hire Jeff. I need to tell my boss that I hire Jeff because A and B and C and D, I have to give reasons to my boss why I decided to hire you and not somebody else. And I better have reasons. If I interview, I make a decision, it's not because Jeff is a nice guy. That's not good enough
0: in business world of America today. Agreed. And it's so funny. Um, I have this thing about hiring for fit that I don't believe employers really know how to do it. I think they think they do, but the fact of the matter is within 18 months of coming uh, coming on board, Statistically, sixty uh, percent of hiring managers have buyer's remorse about the person that they hire, and part of that is just the scenario of an interview. Uh, so I tend to think of this as, uh, interviews as being somewhat contrived around fit, and you got to pretend. So yes, competence is one thing that they look for. Self confidence, character. Chemistry, charismatic people always do better than non-charismatics. Caring, you seem to care about what you do. But ultimately, it adds up to they trust you, trust you differently than they might Mary, Paul, George, Ringo, (laughs) and the rest of the Beatles that they're talking to. Yeah, uh,
1: Jeff, one of the topics I discussed with my client is this. Let's do reverse engineering. Assume I hired you, you are, you are on our payroll. Let's go back and ask ourselves, what were the reasons for me to hire? you, And there are four. Number one, skills. I talked about skills. Number one is skills. The number two is trust, honesty, integrity. Let me remind you, Jeff, I have many other applicants. If I don't trust you, if you are not genuine, you are not going to be a part of my team. The third item is the likability factor. I don't need to fall in love with you during the interview, but I need to have enough chemistry developed in one hour that I feel comfortable having breakfast with you, having a meeting, perhaps, The CEO wants me to make a presentation on your topic, and I can say, Jeff, clear your calendar on Tuesday at 11 a.m., because you and I are going to see Michael. Michael is the CEO. So chemistry is number three. And the fourth ingredient that is a must is I call third-party validation. Because if I say, uh, Jeff, by the way, I live in New Jersey, I'm the best interview coach in the entire state of New Jersey, you are saying, Alex, you're full of yourself. I don't believe you. But if I say, Jeff, as you know, I live in the state of New Jersey, I have something very good to share with you. In the last 11 days, three of my clients happily told me that they got an offer. All of a sudden, now you change your opinion about me. If 11 days this guy prepared three people to get an offer, well, there are good chances that he's good at what he's doing. But when I said, Jeff, I'm wonderful, I'm fantastic, you just just don't believe me. So these are the four ingredients that you must have in order to be hired. So what would
0: you say the major obstacle is that people run into when they interview?
1: That, that, that's, a big, that, that's a big question. First of all, let's step back a little bit. I think that the biggest issue that job seekers are facing is the fact that they fell into this abyss called intransition. Normally it's a surprise. Sometimes they kind of can read uh, the future. But look, when it is happening, when all of a sudden your boss or your HR person says to you, we love you, Jeff, you're wonderful, but guess what? Starting January 2nd next year, unfortunately, you will no no longer be a part of this organization. You know, that is a shock. So the first step is how do people react to the shock? And some people get over it rather easily, and some people will never get over it. I want to give an example of the first case, when people get over very easily. I will not forget my client, his name is Mike. On a Monday morning at 10 a.m., my phone rings. Hi, Alex. Listen, my name is Mike. I was fired Friday. Alex, how soon can I I meet with you? This was a good 10 years ago. I always say, he is my smartest client ever because he knew one thing, he was fired on Friday and Monday he already seek for help. Other people, they take the weekend, they agonize over what happens. Then they said, oh, I worked so hard for so many years, I need to take a vacation. And then two, three months later, they start thinking about coming back to work. And then they don't know what they want to do. And so you understand where I'm going with it. Time goes on. And after six months, they said, well, it's time for me to look for a job. They are totally spaced out because they, they don't understand the business world anymore. And it's very difficult for them, it's very difficult for, for them to, to get in. Uh, please remind me, I, I want a little on time remind me the question. The, the question was what what's what's the major
0: the, obstacle people run into yeah. when they're interviewing?
1: So, yeah. So the major is overcoming the shock. You are driving on a side road and somebody hits you. That's a shock. You didn't expect that to happen. How do you deal with the aftermath? So the smart people, they said, you know what? I am a marketing director. I am not a career coach, but that's what I need. I need somebody to put me back on track and make sure that I don't fall off the track. The best thing you can do, go and hire somebody you trust. Trust is very important. Jeff, I suspect you did not select your medical doctor or family doctor that you opened the telephone directory and you said, okay, this is my doctor. You didn't select it at random. You probably went to people in your local area that could recommend one or two or three people and you investigated that eventually you selected. Don't work with someone you don't trust. It will never end up very well. So find somebody you, you trust, evaluate the person, Ask the difficult questions and talk to several people, not only one, talk to several people, see which one fits you. Because I may be the best interview coach for you. But when it comes to your cousin, I may not be a good person for that. So you know, you need to establish that chemistry and the trust. Once you trust it, work with someone. And Jeff, yes, it costs money. But just think about it. Yeah, just think about it. What does it cost for be, for sitting at home, and the kind of looking the sky and just praying that tomorrow somebody will make an offer? It will not happen.
0: Or if it does, it happens by accident. Yeah. I know from experience, as you, as you well know, that you know most people interview like amateurs, and it shows. Yeah. And. You get hired; it's by accident, rather than because they intentionally created their interview persona, presented it in a world-class way, fostered that trust in the course of the interview, and thus the employer settles. You know, and you know they've been interviewing for three months. You happen to walk in the door; you're a good enough hire. And one of the signals of that is that the offer isn't really a strong offer. Um, So they're saying, yeah, if he takes it, great. If she takes it, fine. If not, we'll go to the number two candidate because it doesn't matter to them because you didn't make them see the difference to a real degree between you and the other 24 people they've spoken with. And trust me, they're looking at 24. They've got... even during these times where we're all being told, there's a shortage of labor, trust me, not for what you do. <laughs> most of this labor shortage is in a different state, place in the market, and it's not affecting the
1: most white collar workers do. Uh, Jeff, I want to tell you something, and I don't know what your experience has been, but again, I have been a candidate many times, many times in my career. I change jobs, a fair amount of time. My conclusion is that people that interview in America, interviewer, not candidates, the interviewers, eight out of ten have no clue. They are very poor at this interviewing. One out of ten is good. And one is exceptionally good. Because I've seen it all. And I want to tell you, Based on statistics, if eight out of 10 are not good at interviewing, it is your problem. Because they may may be asking a question. You may be giving them a good answer. They don't know how to interpret properly your answer. And that's working against you. So chances are the interviewer is not good at it how to overcome it. I don't know that you need to be super good at communicating your vision. And when we talk about communication, there is a lot of body language communication. There is a lot of body language. Uh, Jeff, please ask me, Alex, why are you interested in this position? Alex, why are you interested in this position? I am interested in this position because this position is very close to my home and I understand it. Now, would you hire a guy that answered it this way? Of course, I said the right things, but my body language says, this guy doesn't want this job. Again, we communicate a lot with our body language. And this is one of the things that I am helping my clients provide the right body language communication. And I want to tell you, Jeff, this is so difficult. I have had so far, again, I've been doing this for the last 15 years with 1,200 people. So I have a lot of stories. Some people are not able to smile. Can you believe that? Now, if I'm sitting like this, my body language is, you know, clearly communicating, Jeff, I don't want to be here. Okay, you have no appetite to hire me. However, if I come closer to you and I smile and I talk to you, and you know, I lean forward, you know, my body language has to communicate and has to be in content and in context with what I'm saying. And you have to smile. If I say, I really would like to work for your company. I, you have to, your facial expression has to tell me that. Don't tell me you want to work for us.
0: Show it to me. I want to see your body language. It's funny. You reminded me of a young woman I helped many, many years ago, who was number one in her class at Wharton. And she had been on a boatload of interviews. No one had offered her a job. So a friend of mine asked me to sit down and talk with her. And I started off by just saying, tell me about yourself and what you've been doing professionally." Pretty standard question. And she gave me a robotic answer. And I went on a little bit further, and she gave me more answers that are right out of the recent grad playbook. And for a second, I said, did someone tell you you were supposed to act professionally in an interview? Because it's not working. You're not giving people an emotional hook to connect with you. You're presenting a lot of facts, and the facts are great, but other people are doing the same thing. So why should they choose you? Because you're number one in your class in Wharton. It's Good reason, but how about the guy from the University of Chicago or Stanford or this school or that school? You know, why should they pick you? And you've got a lot going for you. So you're reminding me, as you are with everyone who's watching And listening, that it's important to connect with people as people. The smile, the twinkle in the eyes that shows that you delight in answering the question. When I was listing my reasons for why firms hire, I mentioned care. You care about what you do, and it comes across. And for those of you who are introverted, you express care in a different way than we extroverts do. But the right firm is going to recognize that and give you that shot. Yes, Alex. I wanted to tell you something. And I put this up front when I start
1: with a new client. I want to make them clearly different and better than their competition. This is not the case that you want to blend into the crowd. You want to be different and better. And you need to become memorable and I have plenty of experience in hiring. After, let's say I, hire five, I, I interview five, six people, easily it can take a month, easily. So at the end of the month, I have on my desk five or six resumes. If I take your resume in my hand and I said, Jeff Altman, who is Jeff Altman? That means I don't remember anything about you. You are not memorable. At the, end, at the end of the process, they don't the hiring manager, decision maker, doesn't have an Excel sheet in his head. Question number four, candidate number two answer it this way. However, question number seven, candidate five answered it this way. They don't have an Excel sheet in their head. I'll tell you what they remember how you look like, how you smile, how you make made me feel your body language. I will remember also your background. I, but how you answered 12 days ago, question number six, I have no way to remember that. No way. So you want to do
0: things that make you memorable in a positive way. True. Absolutely true. I want to go on to a different topic because I know this is one that you're one of the few people I've been looking at really cover? And that's the idea of, you know, the classic asynchronous video interview. And thus, number one, could you define what that is for the audience? And number two, how someone should be presenting for it?
1: Yeah, okay, so AVI or asynchronous interview, a video interview is, let's say you apply to some companies, and by the way, more and more and more companies are signing up for this. You apply for a company and within a few seconds you receive an automatic answer saying, dear Jeff, thank you very much for applying at ABC company. Here is a process. Attached is a link. When you are ready to interview, click that link. You have two and a half minutes to prepare and three minutes to answer. We will have, probably 10 to 12 questions to ask you. When you are done, hit enter, then the recording will come to us. We have an entire team that is going to review and make a decision about what is the next step. So you interview with the robot, you interview with your computer. Jeff, it is awful. I tested it. I did it. I have a whole presentation on this. So I wanted to know what I'm talking about. I tested it. Jeff, I've been doing interview prep for 15 years, but let me tell you when I'm sitting here, this side of the desk and I'm interviewing with the robot, it is a very, very different and allow me to extend that, it's awful. Because there is no introduction. There is no how are you, how was your trip in, would you care for a cup of coffee? There is nothing like that. You know, you push the button and two seconds later, there is a man or a woman that said, tell me about yourself. And you have two and a half minutes to prepare and they allow you three minutes to answer. After three minutes, you're cut off. Hopefully you're done. And then the next question, please tell me about your strength. And the same thing goes on and this goes on for half an hour or whatever you push the button and it goes and you're no control over it there's nobody to call there is no warm-up here it's not a two a a two-way relationship and what is happening at other end companies are applying um ai uh, to this there is a lot of uh, uh Comparison, they compare you to their database and they are evaluating you on smile, the use of filler word, uh, content. They're evaluating you on uh, a, 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 a variety of things. For example, they evaluate your tone of voice. Are you happy? Are you angry? AI has the capability to do that, it's something new for us to learn. That's the future in America. And trust me, more and more companies will use it. I read during my preparation for this presentation that Walmart is doing 15,000,
0: 15,000 every day. And they're also looking at micro expressions not just simply the smile, but the little things on your face that shift as you answer. And all of this is compared with the, not just the database, but the database of people who've been successful in the client organization. And thus, it's really tough to prepare. And if you, if you think of prepare as being, uh, shall we say, fake it for the camera, he got no shot. Right. If, if anything, what you should be doing is the best version of you uh, and let yeah. the chips fall where they may. Uh, and I remember this years ago, before I even interviewed you for the other show, I interviewed one of the founders of Higher uh, View. And yeah, ex- Higher View is a leader. Yeah. Right. He explained how the system was working, it was amazing. And it's gotten even better. I put better in quotes.
1: <laughs> all I can tell you: practice makes perfect. If you practice and you are aware of what are they looking for, you can start thinking: Yes, I need to smile more. Yes, I need to look at the camera. Yes, I need to stop using um. Yes, okay. Uh-huh. You know, all these are filler words. You will need to improve. And the only way you can improve is by practicing.
0: These days is we're all on camera and Zoom allows you, you know, a free version of the product. So you can interview for 40 minutes with a friend of yours, have them observe your manner on camera it may not be specific to that firm, but the idea is to get comfortable on camera so that in this way, like I said, you're presenting your best version of yourself so that if this firm decides, eh, looks foreign, nice guy, looks pretty good, seems to know his stuff, but just doesn't measure up on some attribute. Uh, yeah. you know, in our, in our methodology, you presented your best version of yourself. That's all that really matters. That's great. Yeah. We've been talking for a while now about a bunch of things and want to make sure that we haven't missed anything that you consider important that an audience should know about interviewing. So what haven't I asked you about that uh, as of yet? And we don't have to deal with any script. We don't have to just whatever you think is important that we haven't covered yet. Yeah. You know, we never talked about
1: when you are in transition, allow yourself to be vulnerable. Remember, you are an actor on stage on Broadway. It's a performance. And, you know, we are so self-conscious. God forbid to smile. God forbid. But, you know, the more you loosen up, the more natural you become. You know, I work with clients. I told you that high level IT people, high level diploma, PhD, whatever, great. But they don't smile. And I said, look, I want to ask you a question. You know, I don't know you very well. I worked with you for a while, so I got to know you, but tell me this, is this the behavior you exhibit when you're with your cousin, with your children, with your spouse? Oh no, I'm funny, I am, you know then why why aren't you funny on my screen? Why aren't you the center of attention on my screen? Oh, Alex, this is an interview. You see, allow yourself to be natural. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. And then you become better. But we all have this constraint. We don't want the interviewer to think anything bad about me. So they
0: are very rigid. And that works against you that you don't want them to think anything bad about you but they wind up think, thinking bad about you because you didn't give them a hook to a connect with them so <laughs> it's it's the huge miss that so many people make alex yeah. this has been fabulous i know we could go on for hours and um, you know neither of us has hours how can people find out more about you and the work that you do
1: oh <laughs> I'm not here to promote myself. uh, But I want you to. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Uh, Look, I have a website, www.landingexpert.com. I have a lot of information there. I talk about the process. I even help people. What are the questions you need to interview hopefully, the coach that you'll be working with. I have a set of 10, 15 questions. Ask these questions. Evaluate them. Uh, What are the things? You you know, my LinkedIn profile uh, uh, talks a lot about what other people think about me. I've given a very large number of recommendations and other people have given me recommendations. I publish on LinkedIn, I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. Actually, I don't know. Jeff, do you know how many how many connections you can have on LinkedIn? What is the maximum first-level
0: connections? Visibly, it's 30,000. Now, these days with creator mode, you can have followers on top of that. But it's 30,000 first-level connections.
1: So I reached already 30,000 first-level connections, and I have over 30, 30, 30, 33, 35,000 followers and so forth. So yes, I'm very active. I'm here because I want to help others. And I think people people understand that, people get it, people connect with me. I don't, thank God, I don't need anything from them, but I want to be helpful to them.
0: Alex, this has been wonderful. Thank you. And folks, we'll be back soon with even more. I'm Jeff Alpin, The Big Game Hunter. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you didn't, you're watching on YouTube. You know, Click the like button, share it, do something that lets people know it was worthwhile. Also visit my site, thebiggamehunter.us. I've got a ton there that you can watch, listen to or read that will help you in a variety of different ways. I also have information about my courses. And if this isn't the right time for you to do that, just put the address in your phone and my name, Jeff Altman, so you can come back to it a later day. Lastly, connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash hunter. Hope you have a terrific day and most importantly, be great. Take care.